looked like you really kind of settled into a groove in the third, especially. Is that is that fair? Uh, I don't know. It was nice to play in the third. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everyone to Big Bill's Flamecast for October the 25th, 2022. Broadcasting as always from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And tonight the Flames look to continue their win streak against Sidney Crosby and the Penguins tonight at home. Vancouver Canucks implode like a dying star. And to wrap things up, we have Bill's nitpicks for today, which, gotta admit, not very many nitpicks, but I got a lot to talk about, and you would not be judged wrongly if you may say this might be a Canucks podcast because I have a lot to say about that team as well today. And, um,. But let's get into the Flames because obviously this is Big Bill's Flamecast. And uh, the eight-game home stand is at a halfway point. And, uh, you know, so far so good, I must say. But in this, this next week here, we have only two games on the schedule. And this presents a nice opportunity to do something that um, I think Daryl started a long time ago. If not Daryl, someone in the Flames organization brought it up and they did it. And it's where the entire team at home will go to a hotel and they'll have the night there. They'll have like a team bonding, um, home away from home type situation. And it's a great way for the guys to have that away mentality but yet still be home and I think that would be a great way if Daryl Sutter thinks we need it but um, you know this is the longest homestand I think uh, I've ever seen for the Flames and so you know it's something to consider if it worked before why not try it um and I think you do that regardless of what the outcome is tonight because, you know, I have a good feeling about tonight. I think that, uh, you know, traditionally um, our goaltender has had a lot of success against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I think that, uh, you know, the guys are just doing uh, a great job. They're not going to fall into this Buffalo Sabres type of mentality again with this team because obviously let's face it this is Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins the the cachet of the team alone is going to get these guys pumped for the game they're not going to um for whether they because I don't buy that they do it on purpose but for whatever reason when Buffalo came to town they didn't respect them as much, I guess, or felt they're tired, they didn't, you know, need to show up or whatever. But uh, the simple fact of the matter is, is it's not going to happen against Sidney Crosby, even though, you know, many sports writers and pundits and 
all the people that, uh, you know, people put their stock in their opinion above all others, you know, they don't have Sidney Crosby in the top 10 of their rankings. And that's kind of a sin, I think, in my eyes, because Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin should always be in the, the top 10 until they're out. You know, these guys are absolutely next level. And uh, even Malkin, you know, he's he's another one. So, you know, my point is that the Flames are not going to uh, take these guys for granted. They're going to play their nuts off. And I don't see a Buffalo-type situation uh, performance out of the Flames. So, yeah, when I was talking about this um, home away from home, you know, on the road at home situation, uh, you know, I wrote a point here in my notes, Flames can't get too quote unquote comfortable during this homestand. And like that can be both ways. Like they're feeling good because they're winning and they're comfortable or, you know, they're just at home with their families more, which is a good thing. Um, but if you're there really, really long time, you know, and their, their families are used to this, them being on the road a lot, you know, I, I don't think it would be that big of a deal, um, for them to have a, a road game at home because I think it does get that, um, comfortability or whatever, uh, out of their minds or, or performance because I don't even think this is something that they they consciously think of it's just you know it's just the way it goes but on the road they're bonding more they're able to have dinners together all that good stuff I think it's a good idea but I've gone far too long on this point it was a throwaway thing but let's get on to the next point um the building was absolutely incredible for that last game. And I don't know what they were putting in the beer um, because at the point when the crowd started to get really pumped, you know, I was thinking, you know, this this may be going the other way. And I absolutely believe the fans willed those flames to win because the the energy from the fans was so awesome and it just it made it like a playoff atmosphere and it was it was really awesome to see very encouraging and I love to see that and the players ate it up they felt it they felt the energy it was like we're not gonna let you lose and obviously the guys are the ones that that won the game but that energy absolutely makes a difference and I really hope that awesome energy uh, comes through because the other side of the coin is this Vancouver situation. And, you know, I'm not trying to shit on the Canucks while they're down. I'm actually bringing this up because I feel there is a huge, huge point that Daryl Sutter has made earlier in the season that kind of made me change my position on the captaincy and who I think should be the captain or if it should even uh, be given out at all. And I think that Daryl Sutter's right on track because when we were just rocking that, that game, you know, 
they scored. Everybody's cheering. It's just to fully screen. Everything's just oh, big energy. And then they go cut to Vancouver. And it was like the total opposite of everything we're seeing in Calgary. And it just felt like a funeral. And it was, you could see it on the players' faces. They're, they're just, it's absolutely heartbreaking to see. And, you know, I'm a guy who's a sports fan where, you know, I'd like to rub it into the Oilers, especially if that happened to the Oilers. I, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say I wouldn't be laughing, but um, maybe it's because it's the Vancouver Canucks and I don't quote unquote hate them as much as the Oilers, but it's, it's sad to see. And especially this TJ Miller guy, because before the game, these journalists were asking him, so, you know, is it in your head when a really good team comes to town and the expression on his face, it was like, I was actually worried for this man. Like, um, like suicide watch or something. And I don't mean to sound fucking dramatic at all. I'm very serious here that this, this poor fucking guy looks like he should not be the captain of this team. And he absolutely looks like, uh, it's way too much for him. And I can see where, where Daryl Sutter brings up this this awesome point of like that's a responsibility and a pressure you don't want to just put on on somebody for the sake of uh having a captain you know and it really it really I really felt bad for the man I really did and playing in a Canadian market is extremely challenging and really hard mentally and physically. And I just really saw the truth of what Daryl Sutter said. And I, I actually changed my position on, on my belief that the captaincy should go to Michael Backlund. I still believe that he is worthy of that, that honor to be the captain. I think um, if Daryl was to give it to him tomorrow, then I wouldn't be angry about it. But I can see how he is preventing that uh, that anvil always over his head because you look at this guy and he's just he's emotionally, totally, spiritually, I'd say, totally out of it, like. I I really sincerely hope that this man can either you know they just need some sort of uh win whether that's you know a coaching change or or whatever for it to happen but you know I uh I just want to say you know like sometimes these reporters even though they're doing their job uh just put too much pressure on these guys and you know I just see how it can it can be a snowball effect for Michael Backlund. And, you know, not that I'm absolutely um, in need of having a captain for this Flames team. It's not that important to me. But what I'm seeing 
like for the guy to be a captain and may very well be is Kadri. I mean, there's no way that you can deny his presence. His he is all-encompassing. He is he is the man of the hour when it comes to this team. He is just a points creating machine. He is uh, a man on fire right now, you know, pun intended. And, you know, he is absolutely captain material. I don't think any of the pressure of a Canadian market would get uh, get to this guy. I think he eats pressure for breakfast and is absolutely built for that job. That being said, I am not advocating for a captain. It's totally in Daryl's hands, and I believe that's a great thing because if I was the coach, I I would have put that on Backland, and that truly is a huge burden around this guy's neck that is unnecessary, absolutely unnecessary, and... You know, Sutter's right again, you know, and I I just uh, I can't believe how much this this fucking dude can can reveal the game and and just show us all how how smart he is. And for a guy who says little to fucking nothing, he is profoundly smart and just has uh, such a fucking mind for the game, for people, for everything. I am so thankful that we have him here in town. And, um, you know, for Vancouver, I seriously hope that, that they get a win just for the mental fucking part of it. And that's, that's something that goes on for them. And it's, it's crazy for someone who's in the same division to want another team to get a win. But it's like at this point, uh, they just need it for their mental health, you know. And I feel bad for Bruce because, uh, you know, this guy is just trying to get his 600 win, and you know he's gonna get fired. Y- you can tell it's it's day to day. He is going to be fired. It's just a matter of of finding that coach. He is so gone, and you know, I hope he gets his 600th win before they fire him. But you know. He could be fired as I'm speaking right now. That's how hardcore it is in Vancouver. So like I said, this isn't a Vancouver podcast, but I had to bring it up because it's it's just insane at this point. And I feel really bad for that uh, TJ Miller guy and for the pressure he's under right now. And I think it's um, it's definitely something that these reporters have to kind of and they got to do their job, but holy, like this poor bastard, you know, we got to get off his tits and there's another guy we need to get off and that's going to be in the nitpicks that I'm going to bring up later on in the show. But, uh, poor Hoobie, we got a lot of people on his tits about stupid shit. So we'll get back to that later on. But right now we have to hear from the man himself. Once again, Mr. Daryl Sutter. You got a stretch uh, with just two games in nine days. How can that practice time be beneficial for you guys? Well, I think we've had enough practices. <laughs> we have more practices and games since, since the 12th of uh, October. So, as much as you want that ratio, you want to get playing games too. Um, 
then if you look after, you could say that two and nine, but I would be very careful with how much we do practice because after that it gets pretty heavy. There's been a lot of talk about building chemistry with new lines and pairings. Can you do that in practice or is that something that happens in games? Yeah, I think players now would prefer to play games. How would you say Jonathan's play has been away from the puck early on this season? Good. I think our you know, answer a little more. I think the centermen have, have started to be, you know, we have four veteran centermen. I think that it's kind of been hit and miss in terms of their complete game for all four at once. But I think last game we saw more of that out of the four, which then should help the wingers. How have you felt your new faces overall have kind of come along in terms of what they have to do responsibility-wise with your group? I think we're getting there. You know, we've uh, said this lots. You guys have asked, you guys, you know, I kind of want to get away from always ask, answering questions about individuals. That's kind of what how this organization got in trouble, right? It was, it was always about individuals, not about the team. Was always based on if this guy scored or this guy didn't score, or who was playing with who. Or remember, I watched this team lots, listened to everything before I came here, and the biggest issue was the individual stuff. <laughs> so I have a hard time answering those questions because it's a collective thing. Tough final 40 minutes for the Penguins last night. Uh, what do you expect to see from them tonight? A good hockey club. I mean, it was one of the teams, the two teams I really watched before I came to Calgary it was Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay because of the way they played and the way they're coached. A good hockey team. I mean, go right down, look at the pedigree in their team. Starts right there. You got Mario, Brian, Hex, Mike, Sydney, Malkin, Jeff, Latang. Pedigree. Get your hands full. Welcome back, everybody. Daryl Sutter laying out some truth bombs for the media and for all of us fans who are in some sort of media. I don't know where you would slot us in. We're not the media, but we use media. I guess we can say social media. But anyways, Daryl brings up a great point. This is a team sport. It's not about individuals. And in the past, we have focused a lot on individual play, what this individual's doing right, doing wrong. And I can see here coming up soon, we could be hearing about this individual called Jacob Markstrom. And they're going to question him if he's in net for the Oilers and trying to get into his head or just fucking with him. And that's what uh, they're clearly doing with that T.J. Miller guy. Even though they're not trying to on purpose, but they're getting in his fucking head. And, you know, goaltenders are known to be head cases. And, you know, I can see that um, luckily our goaltender doesn't have that, uh, that problem. He's very quick, uh, very um, ready to serve up a, a quip 
on what uh, you know what media asks him, and you know they say some stupid questions. He's going to give a remark and make them feel stupid. And you know, Markstrom had uh, he had a shitty series. Okay, all players have a shitty series if they're lucky to make the playoffs. You know, and I don't think Markstrom should be singled out, uh, you know, for things. And, and I can see that coming up um, for next game. And we'll talk more about that. We'll put a pin in it for the next game. But I can absolutely see that being the case. And if they go with Vladar, which I could absolutely see happening because it's his time, I guess, you know, once a week is what Daryl wants to do. And because there's so much time in between games for this particular week, that you know, it just makes sense to to put him in the net. Now, I would say you know maybe Markstrom needs to take them on to to shut these assholes up and you know to make a statement. Um, it looks like he's going to be a net tonight uh, for the Penguin game, which I feel is a is way better because he plays really good against the Penguins. And, you know, he's just, he's demand for the Penguins. And I think he needs to do that. And I feel like he, you know, needs to make a statement against uh, the Oilers. But Daryl Sutter knows what he's doing. And if he feels like he needs to give um, Vladar some time to, uh, you know, to do his thing so Markstrom can rest. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those things. But like I said, we'll have to talk about that in the next uh, next podcast. But it's something that I wanted to to share because it's like, you know, I can see it going to happen. And that's what the media needs to, to have some sort of story. So that's what they'll go with. No, mark my words, they will go with that the next game. No matter who's in net, who, you know, no matter what, they're going to go after... Markstrom. And uh, I think it's bullshit, and I don't like it. No, sir, I don't like it. So, um, Hubi is uh, another one that that the people are starting to talk about. And, you know, that's my number one nitpick is, and we'll get into that in the next, in the next break. But, uh, yeah, they're already starting with Hubie, and it's not, um, it's not just the, the press, it's the fans too, so let's not put it all on the press, okay? But, yeah, it's already starting, and I think it's, uh, it's a shame because he's, a, he's an awesome player, he's, you know, working things out. And, um, yeah, so speaking of Hubie. You guys have talked this week about uh, five-on-five play and maybe some coverage things that you want to improve upon, yet here your record is 4-1. and one. When you have a team like Pittsburgh, who might be seething a bit after the way it went last night. Where do you see the areas of concern uh, in this matchup? Obviously, you know, like I said, we got to be better five-on-five, five, but, I mean, we know we're a good team, and I think, you know, we got to focus on us. I think we, we all know Pittsburgh is... You know, it's a really good team. Obviously, they lost last night, but you know they're gonna come in and try to try to work hard and win that game. But you know, we want to win too, and I think we we're up to a good start. We just gotta keep going. Just 
talking to Milan Lucic just a moment ago and just said, you know, we've been good, but good isn't going to be good enough here, and it's not going to always cover those mistakes. How do you kind of improve those improvements, five on five or other areas that you know um, that you can be better in? Yeah, I think that's our mentality. I mean, you know, we could be, we're four and one, we're good. I think that that's not all we think. I mean, we want to get better. I think we work hard in, in practice to get better. And I think, uh, I mean, there's a lot of things, but you don't want to go into really detail. It's just to, you know, play better, have more chances than the other team, obviously, every night, and play better in your own zone. Nazem's mentioned with his line mates uh, that one reason why they've seen a lot of success is the communication that they have amongst each other. What's it been like communicating with your new line mates for this season? Yeah, it's good. I think, uh, you know, we're, we're not there yet where we want to be, but um, I think, you know, we... Every game we want to want to be better, and I think it's going to come. I think we've got to be more selfish, like I said before. But um, I think you know personally, I got I got to shoot a little bit more. You know, I try to make too many passes, and I think it's just going to get there at some point. You've played a lot against uh, Sydney over the course of your career, being in the East, and you see the start he's off to. Obviously, you want to try and limit his opportunities, but the key to what is the key to having success against him? Yeah, I think you gotta you gotta cover him. I mean, he's been so good. And he's such a you know such a good player, strong strong player. So I think you gotta be really close to him every time. I mean, you know, you never know what what he's gonna do with the pass. So we gotta check him hard and uh, be hard on all the their, their good players. What's the what's the mental adjustment when you're going from a team that might win five four six five every <coughs> night to one that's two one one nothing type games on the ice? How do you adjust to that or mental approach differently? Yeah, I think I mean. It's, it's different for sure, but uh, it's much better. It's much more fun like this. You know, you don't want to. Last year we lost so many, so many goals. Like you said, we were scoring a lot, but I think that's not how I, I feel in the playoffs. That's what you know doesn't doesn't go well. You want to win some close game, and that's what it is here. And I think it's it's good. You know, you got to buy in into that, and it's not you know you play more defensively. But I think at the end of the day, if you learn that, you're gonna get your chances offensively. With regards to shots, are you feeling a little more pressure to? find chemistry with your mates and maybe move the puck a little more or is that in your head a little bit I wouldn't say pressure I mean <clears throat> I think you know I've always been like that I think it's just you know the chemistry we're not <clears throat> maybe we're late on some plays and then you, you don't make your play you wait a second so I think that that's what it is I mean like I said I think you come back to the basic and you shoot a little bit more and after it's going to open up some stuff you mentioned the chemistry there. I mean, the five-on-five play has been a big focus of discussion, but the power play is clicking along right now. Do you feel like you're starting to come there? Yeah, and that's that's huge. That's how you're going to win games. I think, you know, penalty killing has been great and power play as well. So I think, uh, you know, usually it's the other way around sometimes. But now, you know, five-on-five, five, we just got to be a little better. I mean, we're, we're still good, but uh, special teams has been good, so we got to keep going on that. Welcome back, everybody. Big Bill's flame cast, and uh, I done fucked up. That's right. I know it's hard to believe. It's extremely hard to believe. But Canucks fans are already ahead of the game, and in knowing my fuck up, and I'm sure a lot of you guys too, because you're smart. But I said that T.J. Miller was the captain of the Vancouver Canucks when it's Bo Horvat. So please forgive me, Canucks fans. I The point remains the same. The poor bastard looks like there's a lot of weight on his shoulders. And if he was the captain, then even that much more, I'm sure. 
so kind of uh, fucks up my entire point of uh, the first part of the show. But regardless, I'm here because I want to get my facts straight. I don't want to give you guys a bullshit show or say wrong things, so I'm correcting myself. That being said, we are now going to get into... Big Bill's Nitpicks. That's right. Big Bill's Nitpicks. I even made an epic sweeper just for it, even though... It's really not that important. But hey, when you know how to make cool fucking sounding sweepers, you make a cool fucking sounding sweeper. All right, so not a lot of nitpicks for Big Bill's nitpicks. Um, So little, in fact, that I had to make a nitpick for the fans, not the team. So my number one nitpick in this edition of Big Bill's Nitpicks, is the hooby, quote-unquote, hate from the fans. And I know hate's one of those words that's thrown around a lot lately, and it's one I don't like to use unless it's something you think about every single day and you really, really hate something. You think about it at least five minutes every single day. So I don't think that rates in the hooby hate, but... The hooby criticism, let's say, from the fans that are already starting that I think is ridiculous because of the fact that, like I said before, this guy's just starting, just got here. We need to get off his tits and let the man play some games. All right. The next nitpick is Nazem Kadri. Now... Nazem looks like he may be embellishing a little bit of uh, the times that he falls. Now, I'm not going to say the D word because I choose to believe that he's not doing that. I choose to believe that every single one of those situations were legit. But um, to someone who may not be so forgiving... Um, it kind of looks like the D word, but, um, the reason why I say this is because I need something for nitpicks and also that, um, with a man like Kadri, we all know that he is a Daryl Sutter guy. We all know that it's like bread and butter with Daryl and him and that he has, the absolute personality, heart, and he's just going to be the next captain. Let's just be fucking real here. As much as I love Michael Backlund, um, you can't deny him the leadership, the captaincy. is He, he just, you know, and it's going to happen. So if that is going to happen, then Nazem Kadri has to realize the C that's on his uh, heart, over his heart, not the one, not the crest on the actual jersey, but the little captaincy also stands for cow, stands for cowboy in this town. And cowboys don't do that kind of stuff, if that's what that was. 
I'm not going to say it was, but it may look like that. So that's the only nitpicks that I have in my Big Bill's nitpicks for this October the 25th, 2022. Now we're going to listen to our last interview and uh, we catch up with Nazem Kadri himself on this uh, most epic game tonight versus the Penguins. Um, it seems like last season and this season, you've really found a way to contribute offensively consistently. What would you attribute that to? Is there anything that you've done differently, whether it's video or off the ice or in practices? Uh, not really. I mean, I've always uh, tried to have that offensive instinct. And, um, you know, i uh, just trying to shoot the puck a little bit more. I enjoy, obviously, scoring goals. I don't know who doesn't. But, um, you know, just try to create opportunities as much as you can to try to help your team win. So, uh I'm not quite sure what the cause of that is, but just trying to make a, a conscious effort to, you know, get to the net. Do you think it's confidence maybe too, feeling more more comfortable and, um, you know, or if it's core elements of your game that you're focusing on, you know, going into games? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's just about, obviously, you got to have that confidence to make plays and, you know, I believe in myself and, and what I can do and, you know, I got some good players or players around me, so uh, you know that always uh, that always helps. You know, special teams is a is a huge focus in, in winning games, and that can obviously be a factor, especially you know down the stretch and into the playoffs. So, uh, just really trying to tighten up the detail. What's been the biggest adjustment away from the puck for you going into Daryl Sutter's system compared to what you were used to in uh, Colorado? Nothing really. I mean, it's all uh, it's all uh, pretty similar around the league. I mean. Uh, you know, to be a effective two-way center, you, you usually, um, you know, know what you got to do on both ends, and you know, taking care of your D zone, and you know, helping support the puck, and uh, you know, being there to support your teammates, you know, results and you having the puck, and and uh, you know, oftentimes going down the ice and, and playing in the O zone. So uh, that's what everyone you know wants to do, but you got to focus in in your own end first. Is there any difference in? like coverages or anything like mm -hmm. that that you've had to adapt to? Or? Yeah, very minor stuff. Uh, you know, that's, you know, the, the, depending on team to team, I mean, things like that uh, change. But, you know, for the most part, the overall structure, uh, you know, is, is pretty similar around the league. There's been a lot of talk about the team needing to be better at 5-on-5. Five five. What do you think needs to improve in order for you guys to be better at that part of the game? Um, yeah, just the things I touched on, you know, obviously a lot, you know, more support in our own end, making plays and, and being able to execute coming out of our own end is, is going to uh, result in us playing with the puck more, you know, possession time. I think, uh, you know, trying to shoot the puck when we, when we have more space, I think uh, a lot of times we've been, you know, maybe uh, passing up opportunities to, to look for something better and, you know, just got to keep it, uh, keep it simple, but. I like uh, I like what, you know a lot of things we're doing, but you know we just got to do more of it. Now, as you've been around this league a long time, you've played against Sidney Crosby quite a bit. Uh, I don't know how surprised you are at the start he's having at his age, but does a player like that just continue to even impress other players with what he's been doing? Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, father time doesn't seem to be a factor for him. He's just always making plays, and Sid's a smart he's a smart player, you know, and, and to, to have longevity in this league, I think, uh, you know, that hockey IQ has to be very, uh, very relevant. So, you know, clearly he's got that and, uh, you know, he's got all the tools. It's just about, uh, you know, keeping his body ready and, you know, he does a great job at that as well. Do you leave him alone uh, maybe with the verbal side of things and just try to play a straight up game with him? Do you ever try to 
get on into a guy's head like that, or do you just kind of let him go and not engage? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, no, obviously I got tons of respect for him and, and, and his teammates, and you know, you want to be hard on him, certainly, or else he's going to make you look bad, and no one wants to look bad, so I think, uh, you know, it's more of a pride thing for us, just going out there and, you know, we don't we don't want to get embarrassed on TV, so you gotta you gotta play him tight, and you gotta um, you know know when he's out there. All right, guys, it's time for the big man to get the fuck out of here. Hope you guys Love enjoyed the show. Is a burning thing. And I know that I only have this on two places to listen to podcasts, and I'm in the midst of expanding. Bow the places but if you can share this with your friends and uh, get more people to listen I would be extremely happy but if you're just here spending your time with me that's good enough for me so thanks again guys for tuning in I love your faces and until next time I'll catch you all on the flip side